Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 19 of our podcast. Yes, today we are talking about the uh, national Brazilian beverage, cachaça. I really hope we've pronounced that right. I, I'm assuming, because it's got the, the line under the sea, that it should be a sound rather than a hard C sound. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go with that. Yeah. Uh, I'm Stuart. I'm Michael. And today we're talking about cachaça. So, uh, cheers. Cheers. Okay, so we have the very first time both of us are going to be trying this drink. Yes, indeed. We're uh, we're excited. I'll I'll keep talking to you as Stuart tries it for the first time. We, so we are uh, drinking a Caparina cocktail, which is uh, actually the national cocktail of Brazil, as cachaça is the national distilled spirit of Brazil. And uh, what what are your mm. thoughts there, Stuart? That's nice. It's not as boozy as I thought, but that could be from the amount of lime juice and mm. sugar in it. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Yeah. It's I, a very I, green, grassy flavor. Mm, for what comes into it, let's, uh, let, let's tell everybody at home what exactly goes into... A caparina. A caparina. It's, it's ice, is a good start. You get about half of a lime and two shots of uh, cachaça. And of course, and, uh, and two teaspoons of sugar. Two teaspoons of sugar, and you muddle the lime, and you mix the sugar. You you muddle the lime and the sugar together, and then you pour in a double shot of your favourite caparina, cachaça. Sorry, cachaça, and then you uh, pour it over ice. Yeah, and uh, we've we've garnished with lime yeah. just for that little bit of extra lime kick, and it really. Knowing that it's pure distilled spirit, I expected, well, mostly pure distilled spirit, I expected it to be less delicious than it is. Mm. Well, not not less delicious, but certainly more bitey. Yeah, it's not bitey at all. That um, We are drinking the Sagatiba Kinshasa. Yes, the uh, Sagatiba Pura, to be specific. Mm. So they they market themselves as a premium cachaça. They they do indeed. They and make the bottle looks uh, nice. Four it's different uh, types of according to mm, very very sorry yeah sleek. According to their website, they make four different types of cachaça. Now it's uh, the whole site is in Portuguese, which I I, I don't read Portuguese. So go go Google Translate. Uh, yeah, go go Google Translator. <laughs> and so what I picked out that I knew wasn't Google Translator making nonsense. Basically, came down to that uh, Sagatina Pura is the first cachaça to be made using multiple distillations. Really? So this is triple distilled. It is. Whereas or uh, no double, or double, triple. Oh, that they don't say. Mm. They're uh, they're vague on details. Yeah, they they just use the term multiple distillation. They they don't want someone stealing their fantastic recipe. Mm. But apparently, though, they are the only cachaça producer to do it. Very interesting. And uh, yeah, with the idea, of course, being to produce a more pure cachaça, hence the name mm. pure. But I wonder, like, you distill something multiple times, you're going to get 
less flavors and less interesting stuff in the bottle. So it, oh, I guess it tastes pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's hard to say, really. Mm. I mean, cachaca is one of those interesting things because it's there's two distinct types with two very different qualities. You know, it's not like slight differences in quality when you look at the difference between your standard cachaca and what's you know what, what's referred to as your industrial cachaca, <laughs> and then the artisanal cachaca, with uh, the industrial largely being perceived in Brazil as something similar to a cheap vodka. Mm. Well, uh, the artisanal is considered more a product for connoisseurs. On the yeah, well, the the industrial cachaça tends to have a oily or a greasy taste to it. Uh, it. It does, which is undoubtedly because it's made in uh, column stills that are often high volume and also used for the production of sugarcane-based ethanol for cars and trucks. What? Yeah, so they're they're just pumping out mass volumes of this stuff using exactly the same equipment that they use to make vehicle ethanol. That can't be good for people to drink. And uh, apparently, that uh, that quality of cachaça sells in Brazil for about a buck twenty-five a bottle. Wow! I do not want to try a bottle of that. (laughs) Yeah, just saying. Though it uh, it turns out that um, the uh, the artisanal Cachaca, however, it's highly controlled with mm. uh, more delicate distillations using pot stills and uh, fermentation from local or wild yeast strains. And uh, apparently the rarest forms of the artisanal variety can go up to 500 US dollars a bottle. Yeah, I'm not surprised. This stuff, we paid $60 for a bottle, I believe. Mm, yes, 60 Australian, yeah. And it's yeah. really nice. It's on par with uh, Grey Goose or um, it's another really nice rum. That mm. uh, shrunken head rum. Oh yes, had. definitely. Yeah, it's on on par with those. Yeah, it's very smooth. I, I could see just sipping this by itself. Mm. Well, we basically are <laughs> with, with some lime with just flavors. a little lime and sugar added. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, so let's so let's talk a little bit more about um, about cachaca. It's the uh, fifth most consumed spirit on earth. Yeah. What? How did we not know this? When? Yeah. How do we not know this before today? Yeah. C- considering that, the, well, the majority of English-speaking countries tend to only drink it in tropical cocktails. Mm. But. And and here we are, sort of being ironic and drinking it in a tropical cocktail. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. Ah, uh, but I it, yeah, because I Brazil produces one and a half billion liters of this stuff a year and most of it i'm talking 99.5 percent of it gets drunk in brazil Mm, drunk drunk locally and i suppose the other 0.05 percent is the stuff that they consider suitable for selling overseas (laughs) consider good enough to go overseas yeah i mean i'm sure the industrial stuff wouldn't sell over here Oh, without a doubt. I mean, they they probably sell it in the U.S. to to some extent because the U.S. is right there. Very so true. Sh- surely you'd at least be able to buy it in Mexico. Very true. We'll ask our Mexican fr- Mex- friend in Mexico. Yes, yeah, so let's ask our Mexican listeners. Let us know if you can uh, buy 
cheap as chips cachaca. Mm. And whether it has an oily flavour. Yes, indeed. And um, so let's get a little bit into the uh, into the history, I think, because uh, it's, yeah. it's considered the, a people's spirit. I mean, it is mm. the national spirit of Brazil, and um, it's been produced in Brazil since the 1500s with the um, history in uh, some stories being uh, tied to the, the slavery that was prevalent in Brazil at the time. Yeah. Well, in... 1530, when the Portuguese began to colonize Brazil, they started with basically creating plantations that are very similar to the Caribbean and southern USA. So with those production methods in mind, you'd expect something like sugarcane to pop up Mm, as one of the first ones. And considering the climate in Brazil, it really does lend itself to sugarcane, and that Mm. is predominantly what the Portuguese chose to grow. Yeah, it was one of their first exports as well. So they so when you're manufacturing sugar, you you crush the stems and you boil it in boil it down and you get molasses and you get this other byproduct which is cagaça. Cagaça, yeah. And it sort of sits on top of the barrel and they they're supposed to scrape it off. Yeah, well they they did and, and, and yeah. They would normally feed it to pigs and other cattle. But being, you know, hot weather, humid weather, it was very easy for the for the kargasa to naturally ferment. And ironically enough, the the pigs and the cattle were one of the first to enjoy the traditional or original version of kachasa. Yeah, or uh, so so the story goes anyway, where wherein it's um, put to accident because there's many stories as there are behind mm. so many alcohols that oh that's what it reminds me of tequila ah yes it is a very similar flavor yeah it's it's been I've been thinking about it this whole mm. episode but and it yeah it just occurred to me it's got the same flavor as top-notch t- tequila. Yes. Like uh, 1800 tequila or um, what's that other one? Well, even the uh, the one that we drank back in our tequila episode, mm. which... Anyway, oh, if, you, yeah. if you like tequila, you like conchasa. Conchasa. Yes, There's indeed. There's no end there. Yeah, so the um so the the story the the people's story of the discovery of Kachasa goes that it was by accident because of the slaves scraping it off and it fermenting all, mm. all by itself. Now the And and some people even say that it was uh discovered when a slave ha- was forced to drink the stuff out of the out of the troughs. Yeah, because they they had uh, forgotten to scrape it off, they waited too long. They thought they spoiled the whole batch, hmm. and yeah, and on on it goes. But uh, the other version, of course, because all things where there's slaves and conquerors have two versions, that told by the underclass and that told by the ruling class. Yeah, two versions of history and one, and then there's the third version, which is the right version. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, we, <laughs> we're not the ones to say which is the true and correct version. I wish we had a Wayback Machine so we could figure it out in person. Yeah. That would be fantastic. I I like the accident and slave version because Mm. so many alcohols were discovered by accident. 
Oh, for sure. I'm more likely to believe that one than the true version, but the true version still holds water. Yeah. Yeah, because of well, course the supposedly true version. Yes, the, the supposedly true version, as as told by the Portuguese, mm. is that they came over to Brazil with distillation methods that they had learned from the Arabs and decided to try them out on sugarcane juice mm. and see what they got. And cachaça was the product. Who and, know, yeah, who knows whether that's just uh, adjusting history or... Well, history is always written by the victors. Yeah, well, I mean, so supposedly, either way, after the product was successful, whichever origin story you want to believe... Mm. Merchants traveling through Brazil began buying it. It started making its way around the world. Yeah, well, it was a it was a predominantly slave and native drink. Yeah, so and, it, and it, but then the white the white quote unquote white people caught on. Yeah, and uh, it made its way to Europe and Africa as well as being popular in Brazil. And then in the early 1600s, at around the same time that the Portuguese were producing their own distilled spirit called Bagaciera, the well, the sales of that drink were suffering because of the increase in production and popularity of cachaça. And uh, in order to combat that and reduce cachaça production, Portugal established an excessive duty on cachaça distillers. And they responded in true style for one of the things we love in the history of any alcohol which is yeah they rebelled against portugal and began what would become known as the revolta de cachaça yeah so after they clamped down with the excess excise on alcohol they they clamped down even more in 1659 with a royal decree to uh basically force the whole thing underground people were getting deported uh stocks were getting confiscated quote-unquote legally stolen um and then in 1660 the manufacturers had had enough they uh, a group of cachaça producers revolted and took over the rio de janeiro city government which which is unbelievable they they had a it was a true true revolt in every sense of the word. Yeah, they, they literally took over an entire city yeah. to say, no, we disagree with what the government is doing here. Mm. And there, there needs to be more of that, more people willing to get up in arms over not necessarily alcohol, but everything, something. Something. Everything, anything. We, we it, need more passionate people yeah, in this it, world. Instead of the, the general malaise that tends to mm. engulf everybody now. Yeah, well, in this case, it worked, and in on September 13 in 1661, cachaça was formally legalized with a royal decree. Yeah, and uh, of course, as as we know, the popularity went up and up and up in Brazil. It became the national drink. The lovely cocktail we're drinking became the national cocktail. I've got a nice buzz going on. Yeah, as as do I. Yeah, which, it's, um, it's deceptively strong. Mm, but we we did miss out the most important part, which is uh, where Brazilian law defines what cachaça Ooh, yes. is, because it it is an alcohol. Um, it's a beverage with an alcohol content between thirty eight and forty eight percent by volume, 
made from the distillation of fresh sugarcane juice, and they are specific about the freshness of that sugarcane juice. Yeah, it's got to be produced, well, it's got to be used within 48 hours? 24. 24. Within less than 24 hours after the sugarcane is pressed. Amazing. Yeah. I wonder how that affects the flavour. Like between super-duper fresh sugarcane, which this is, and sugarcane that you might have been sitting on for a week. Yeah, and I suppose that that's the question. Like, it has to be... The juice has to be used within 24 hours of being pressed. Mm. But what are the rules about how long the cane can sit there? Good question. Maybe it's 24 hours of harvest. Mm, perhaps. Or maybe that's one of the things, apart from the distillation method, that defines the difference between the industrial and the artisanal. And mm. that if, if the industrial is harvesting the ludicrous quantities of sugar cane that you would require to produce such mass volumes, then surely some of it is sitting there a while before it actually gets pressed. For sure. And uh, so the the final thing about cachaça is that distillers may add sugar to the spirit at up to 6 grams per litre, but if they add any more than that, they must label it as a cachaça dolce or sweet cachaça. Sweet. Sounds sweet. It does sound sweet, which uh, makes sense. Any more than six grams of sugar per litre, and I think you would really, you'd notice a difference. Because mm. th- this is not a particularly sweet beverage. No, it's, as I said before, it's a lot like tequila. Yeah. And Similar we, flavorings to it. We've added sugar to it. Yeah. And as, it's as part of quite, the Caprahina cocktail, we've added yeah, sugar. It's quite sweet. Mm. Uh, very, very nice. <sighs> Feeling it, though. Yeah, it is. Really feeling it. It is really pleasant. I hope you didn't drive today. I did not drive. Good move. If if we <laughs> if we're doing one of the big drinks, I yeah. I'm not going to drive. Not not with something that's 38 to 48 percent per volume. Mm, well, this one is 38. I think it's right at the bottom, but it's yeah. really nice. You you don't really need to pay that much attention to the percentage when you just focusing on the flavor or the experience of the drink. Yes, exactly. And when you're drinking it either straight as a sipping drink or with just a few extra things to subtly change the flavors, like in the Caprahina cocktail or Mm. any number of other cocktails that you can mix cachaca into, yeah, yeah, it's, it's about the flavor and the experience and just enjoying that taste and the aftertaste of this is like despite the fact that the the initial taste is really similar to tequila that the aftertaste i feel is quite different hmm it's i guess grassier yeah yeah i'm i'm inclined to say that it's the aftertaste is a bit less like even the smoother tequilas have a slight bite to the aftertaste that Mm. i'm just not getting here yeah, this has stuff all bite. So, if you want to get really, really drunk, which I don't recommend, have these. Yeah. The uh, Caparina. Well, if you, if you just want to get a slight buzz on, have one of these. <laughs> one drink of it, these. Drink it slowly. Like us. Like us. I, I think I've had about half, and we're more than halfway through our episode. About 20 minutes in. 20 minutes in. Hmm. 
Yeah, it's, and it's really nice. It is. I do recommend this. This is going on the the big list. Yeah, do do be sure to have fresh limes though. Don't don't mm. have limes for a few days ago, because I, I think that the freshness is one of the important things with this drink. Yeah, well, especially when they go out of their way to legislate that the uh, producers have to use fresh sugarcane. Yeah, yeah, and if you're drinking something like this, that's even been you know. We'll say triple distilled, but multiple times distilled. I to, reckon it's probably th- triple distilled. To increase the, the purity and the flavor and make it, I suppose, as much an artisanal as they possibly could. Hmm. Without making it a $500 bottle. Yeah. Obviously. Well, the, when you get into bottles that price, you're looking at more aged cachaça. Because hmm. like rum, you can age it. In in barrels of any description. You yes, know, indeed. You, because it's not a rum, you don't have to age it in wooden barrels. Most people do, but you don't have to. Yeah, I mean, uh, Sagatiba do have an aged cachaca from 1982, I believe. What? I'm pretty sure I saw that on their website. Like I said, it was in Portuguese, but I, <laughs> <laughs> it was Google Translate's equivalent of telling me what was there, but I, I believe that it was telling me that they had a 1982 Cachaca. Wow. That uh, that was available, though where one finds such a thing, I don't know, since we could only locate two bottles of Cachaca ourselves. Mm. Although, there's be, being an artisanal drink, you can probably say that it's... You could probably find it all over Brazil. And mm. I... I would say that you'd find it over the South American continent quite a lot. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, um, I think as well, it's probably a drink you would find at least one bottle of in pretty much any bottle shop. Mm. It's just, will you find a variety? And the answer to that is no. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> we we found two, and uh, the the staff at the store who we swear do not sponsor us <laughs> told us that one of them was pretty rubbish and the one we bought was really good. Yeah. And we, we don't know if the other one was pretty rubbish or not, but we know off. this one's really good. Yeah. The other one's probably okay. They yeah. were probably exaggerating. Yeah, so I'm not going to describe it at all because we don't want to poo-poo something that may actually be good. Yeah, we're just going off hearsay at this point. Yeah, exactly. We're going off what we were told by someone who just happened to work there. Mm. But certainly their advice on this was on the money. It, yeah, it's really It is nice. really pleasant. So, how many bottle caps would you rate this, Mickle? Oh, I'm going to, I think, eight. I think I've got to give it at least, at least eight. Yeah, I, this, this I'd rate the highest yet. I'd give this a nine and a half. Oh, wow. See, I, I always try to leave myself somewhere to go. No, and, this, this is good. This is this is up there. I mean, if if we ever come into a ludicrous amount of money somehow and try a three hundred a three thousand dollars scotch, <laughs> I, I want to know that I've got my nine and a half bottle caps or ten bottle caps preserved for that. G- good point. <laughs> but this, yeah, this is a this is a drink. I I recommend. Full, wholeheartedly recommend. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one. It's definitely, mm. definitely something that, yeah. Try this drink. If you can't find a bottle of it, 
then go out to your local bar of choice yeah. and ask them to make you one. If they don't have it, find a hipster bar. They will undoubtedly <laughs> be able to make you will one. have some. Yeah. Um, Dan Murphy's in our and First Choice are our big retailers, and they usually stock something, something labeled cachaça. Yes, yeah, something labeled cachaça, and I, I imagine if you're in the states, you can probably find it anywhere. Mm, being much closer to the source. Yeah. Um, what else? There's something else I was going to tell everybody, but I've it slipped my mind. Oh. Um. So, here's a funny story. Uh, a few decades ago, apparently France decided to attempt to trademark the Kachasa name. Oh. Just oh, like uh... Japan tried to trademark Asahi. Sorry, not Asahi. Asai. Right. So, so how'd that go for France? Well, well they failed, naturally. Yeah, well, I mean, how, how could they trademark the national drink of Brazil? Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they, they tried. For some reason, I'm not sure why. Well, they do love trademarking things. Yeah, yeah. They they just tried to make it a a French drink, a French, a legal French name. I mean, they, they don't even make it. It has to be made in Brazil, or it's not cachaça. Hmm. Well, it it failed, and it's still a Brazilian drink. Well, good. I mean, they, they, you couldn't grow sugarcane in France. It's a temperate zone. No, you grow grapes, though. Yeah, yeah, you grow grapes. Plenty there. of grapes. I hear there's some fantastic varieties out there from a particular region. <laughs> I also have heard this. So, something, something called uh, champagne. Yes, I've. Yeah, that sounds familiar to me. That, uh, that particular region. Something like France. last episode. Yeah, that uh, the, the champagne region of France does sound pretty nice. <laughs> hey. I don't uh, think that's actually in that region of France, but no, it, it's a fair enough joke, so I'm gonna let that go. So sounds good to me. We'll just put it out there. So yep. that's that's a wrap for our episode this week. So uh, next time we're going to be uh, going back to one of our favorite topics of beer, talking about stout beer. I fucking love beer. Uh, a beer that you can consume with a knife and fork is what we're going to be talking <laughs> about next time. So get your cutlery ready as uh, we talk about. A hearty meal in a beverage. Meal in a can. Liquid bread. Yes, indeed. So, yeah. Uh, follow us on Facebook, uh, Good Drop Podcasts. Yep, and uh, if you've got anything you want to say to us, any suggestions to make, if you just want to tell us that you love listening, shoot us an email at uh, a good drop at gmail.com. Yeah. yeah, you can subscribe to us on iTunes or Podbean, a good drop podcast. And uh, tell your friends, word of mouth is a fantastic way for us to get new listeners, and mm. we love having new listeners. We appreciate every single one of you. We do indeed. So, as always, thanks for listening, and until next time... Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.